Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. Very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Kimmy Seltzer, who is a confidence therapist, authentic dating strategist, and image expert. That is a... But I'm so excited because I know the impact that you're having on the world and the change you're trying to create. Kimmy, my friend, what is happening in your world today? Hello. Oh, my God. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Um... And I, you know, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you because although my title is a mouthful, 
and I know we'll get into my story. The reason why I'm so passionate about doing what I do, similar to you, is because of my own story. And so I love the transformation. And it, it just it's, that's why I do what I do, is the transformation that people have. Totally. Yeah, I get that. And, you know, and it's funny, too, because people be like, do you want me to read your whole bio? And I'm like, no. The thing is like 40 pages long. How you just like introduce me? So I totally get it. Uh, you know, I, I think that jumping off and, and starting these conversations with context is always super important because I want to make sure that people can relate to us. And I think ultimately that's the most important thing because often people will hear, oh, yeah, you're this or you're that. But most people can't relate to this or that. We all have our struggles. We all have the things that we go through. We all have these dynamic shifts in the, the history of our life. Generally speaking, most of that doesn't happen until we acknowledge our trauma. And if you truly want to have confidence, which I think is one of the most important things on planet Earth, you have to look in the mirror. And so I'm, I'm curious about the journey that's led you to where you are. And, and, and really, I like to start with a, a question that's been sitting with me a lot lately that I've been wanting to ask people. And that's, what's something that defined your childhood that you don't speak about very often? Oh, oh I love that. I love that. Yeah. And I'm so glad that we're like starting here because like you, I mean, I could get up here and I could rattle off all these like professional accolades and that, but again, I believe that our adversity are gifts in disguise and that it's not until you're through it. And then you look back and you're like, oh, there's the gift, you know? And so for me, yeah, I mean, everything that I've been through from childhood to my divorce, which I'll get into has been somewhat of a gift because I've learned from it. Um, one thing that, I mean, I've, I've shared it, but probably not with a lot of people. And I think it actually set the path to later on with what happened in my marriage is that I lost my father when I was young at 16. And actually, we were really close. And he was kind of like a really like solid, he was my hero. You know, when people ask me who's the most important person in your life, it's always my dad. Mm -hmm. you know? and so. He, I think, first of all, the gift is that he was a wonderful dad and he shaped who I am. But having a loss at that formative age took a heavy hit on me. And I didn't realize it at the time, you know, and until later on when I got into relationships and really there were some abandonment issues going. And that's one of the top fears that I see that go on with dating and relationships. And so I didn't put that piece of the puzzle together until after the divorce and I started, you know, really kind of diving into it. And I realized, wow, this is all connected. And, and I know this as a therapist. And even though I'm a, I'm a therapist, you can't really be a therapist to yourself. And still, you know, like you really have to look at other avenues and other people in your lives to help you through that and shape you. So that that's definitely was, was one hit that started yeah. And thank you for sharing that. You know, loss is inevitable, right? And I, I think that we, unfortunately, death tax is coming for everybody. But when at such a young age, and, and I was impacted by death tremendously as a child, my, I lost my uncle to a drunk driving accident. I lost family and friends to drugs and alcohol. Um, I lost my mother to an overdose. Like it, it happens. Like it's, it's a part of this human experience. And I, I find that it profoundly impacts you and that that age, you don't get it, right? You don't, I don't think that you're yet in this position where you're cognizant enough to really understand what's happening. What, were there things when you were at that age that were playing out that changed after that loss? You know, I think, you know, in some ways I became a little more resilient, like on a positive note, um, I kind of matured in almost a hyper-focused way, right? Because, you know, while my cohorts and peers were dealing with being upset if they broke a nail or a guy didn't ask them out, I'm upset because my father's dying and I couldn't do anything about it. And so yeah. it gave me a definitely like a, an appreciation that I think other people didn't have. And moving forward, I, I think that's why I'm able to handle a lot of things that come my way because I learned how to bounce back, how to be resilient and how you say turn trauma into triumph later on. Yeah. Do you, here's an interesting thought I've had about resiliency lately. Um, yeah. I had a conversation with Dr. Gabor Mate a few months ago, probably five months ago now. And 
and I just was thinking about this word resiliency after, and it was like, there's a fine line between resiliency and hyper independence. And, and I'm wondering if, if you found yourself and if that was something that impacted you being like, okay, this thing is impacting me so much. I must only take care of myself any means necessary. Or did you just find yourself being able to better cope with hard circumstances? Such a great question. I love, I love that because it, you know, it can, it can play out in, in different ways. I mean, for me, I really did feel like it was resilience. I, I felt like I learned from it. I don't think I developed a hyper independence, but, or, and I should say, what I did find myself is keeping people more at a distance because of the fear of loss. And so maybe it looked like hyper-independence, but that's not really what it was. There was a guard that had gone. And sometimes people look like that they're almost like, oh, I don't need anybody, right? I'm going to be misindependent and get everything done. That really wasn't what was going on. It was actually more of the fear of getting close to someone that I perhaps would lose. So then I would choose relationships or people that I knew wouldn't really work in the end. That's a subconscious thing, right? And so in psychology, there's something called the familiarity principle. We all default back to what we know, good, bad, or indifferent. And so I just kept playing out that loop over and over and over again. And, you know, and that kind of thrusted me into a marriage that I knew ultimately didn't work and selecting somebody way too young um, and not really knowing myself first. So it's an interesting word that like, you know, that kind of hyper independence, because I think if you're if you're not really looking at what the why or you might like misinterpret that, too. Yeah, and I, I think most people do, and I, I think most people and I'll speak from my firsthand experience, you know, looking at the way that I grew up, I I had walls up for everybody and I, I decided my self-selection and, and relationships was always like. I need to make sure I can be in control at all times, not necessarily in like this weird dynamic of what you see of people like I have to control everything all the time, but like I need to have make sure that the variables go my way, right? It's the defensive mechanism, it's safety. And then you realize actually that's really dumb. You don't get to control people. So maybe you should work on your dude. And and that's inevitably <laughs> what and that's inevitably what happened, you know. Speaking and, and talking about this topic that I actually am very fond of, part of me has actually wanted to start a dating podcast for a while now. But but looking at dating and, and understanding the dynamics of of human interaction, you know, I think one of the things that always inevitably happens is you are impacted by your past. And one of the things that you talked about was, you know, losing your father at such a young age made you go down this path to be with people that you automatically knew we're not going to work out. And it, and you said something that I think is really important that I want to go into a little deeper. You said subconscious. We all yeah. have these subconscious actions. We do these things autonomically. They are, whether they're defensive mechanisms or survival mechanisms, they are things, they are isms that we do. And so what I'm curious is there are people in, in this familiarity complex make, makes so much sense to me because I can trace back so many women that I did, this is so uncomfortable to say, I've said it a million times, I hate saying it, so uncomfortable. I can date, chase back, trace back all, so many women I dated between call it 28 to 16 years old, where I'm like, they are my mother. And Isn't that amazing how that happened. And it's almost like you think you're choosing someone different and then you unzip the costume and it's like, oh my God, how did she get here again? It's my mother, you know, and it's yeah. weird how they come in different costumes too. You don't realize. Well, and, and here's where I want to go with this because I, I think this is really important because that subconscious word makes me want to put my fist through a wall because it's like we're being guided by this thing we don't have control of until we understand that we don't have control of it and then we can take control of it. And so <laughs> what I'm trying to understand and what I think would be beneficial for people, if the dynamic that you had personally was I'm dating these people that I know it's not going to work and I'm doing it subconsciously, well, how do you get conscious? Well, you have to do the work, right? What like, and we know this. Yeah, well, we, we know this in the sense of the concept. And what does that mean is a great question <laughs> because... Let me tell you, that's 
that's a, a message that everybody kept saying. You got to do the work. You got to go to therapy. You got to talk. Da, 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 da. To me, it's actually moving and putting yourself into action and behaviors that counteract the pre-programming. And it's almost like getting a corrective experience through that and an exposure around that. And here, I mean, this is how I define confidence. I call myself a confidence therapist because really what it is, I just think confidence is experience. That's all it is. You know, good. It, and you could have bad exposure to something and that will knock your confidence down, right? So it's getting positive exposure and experience around something that actually creates a new habit. And so that's why I like to look at all of these things as patterns and bad habits that we develop over time because of where it's rooted, because it's just familiar to us. So the notion is to do behaviors and actions that override that or strategies and put that into place because I'm very action oriented like you are so that you can feel something different. So what that looks like in, say, relationships and love and that kind of thing is if your type isn't working out for you, date somebody who looks a little different. And I do this all the time with people. Like there was a woman, I'll give you an example. There's a woman who like she was always attracted to the shiny object. And what I mean by that, only guys that were good looking. And guess what? All the guys that were good looking in her past were narcissists and emotionally unavailable. And so her type was not working for her, but it was really hard to break that pattern because her, her dad was a narcissist, right? So this is a very familiar pattern to her. And so one day she finally meets this guy after doing work with her. And I was having her practice actually dating people online who were not her type, her physical type. And she talks to this guy. She really likes this conversation, but she's not physically attracted to him. And so he asks her out. She, she's like, oh, Kimmy, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I'm just not. I said, you're doing it. You're doing it because we need to to try on something different, like a dress that might not have hanger appeal, but you don't know how it's going to fit. So she she goes and and has the best date of her life. And she's like, that is the most connected I've ever felt on a date. And it was a new experience that she was able to really feel. That guy ended up being her boyfriend later. Now, I still had her dating other people and, and really like kind of working through it. But that is an example of really positive exposure that disrupted a pattern from her past. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that's so much of everything, right? It's do yeah. the opposite dummy. And, and I, I think that's like, that's like a really, right? really, but, but you know, as well as I do, like that easier said than done. You know, I, I look oh, at nice. my life and my journey, but we'll, we'll say in relationships for a moment, but I, I look at them and I go, dude, you keep doing the same over and over and over and over and over and over again. Part of me now, and, and how, I, how I'm going to phrase this is based on my behaviors, not theirs. My behaviors were become avoidant, shut down, go and f somebody else, cheat, lie, do all that. And that was for a very, very long time until I realized that, oh, actually, I'm just being a coward and I'm afraid to break up with this person because they're not actually what I want. Combined with and parlayed with, oh, you had an abusive, avoidant, drug addict, alcoholic mother. So you think you got to do everything on your own. And until you do everything on your own, you don't feel like you're going to be worth it to anyone. But if that other person doesn't also do everything and like live on this pedestal, then they're not worthy. And then you're like, okay, wait a second, time out, pause. What do you actually need to do here? And what you need to do is like reflect and just pause and go like, where does this behavior come from? Why do you date? Why do you exist like this? And then make a decision, like you said, take action, which I am very action oriented, but I think you have to have action with clarity. And so when, when you're thinking, I want to go back into your life a little bit, because, you know, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. We've covered action things on this show so many times where I'm like, well, let's talk about the human experience for a moment. We'll get deeper into action because it's important. Yeah. But I want to go back in this a little bit deeper. So looking at your life and your journey and being in this position where, where you realize you've been dating these people who really you've already predetermined the outcome. When did you notice? And when you noticed, did you do something about it? And if not, what became the pivotal turning point? And when you're like, okay, Kimmy, it's time to change. Yeah, I mean, honestly... It, it, this leads up to the kind of the story and what led me into doing what I do was the divorce. 
Um, once, once the divorce happened and, you know, now I have kids, so I have other humans in the mix. I had to really take a hard look myself. And the, the thing that was interesting about my pivotal moment is I call, I, well, I, I talk about my red dress moment and, and you'll hear why in a bit, but it took something like that where I was, I was in a really dark place. I mean, I, I couldn't take care of my kids. I had to have my mom fly in and help me. I, I was completely paralyzed. Like everything that I knew, everything that I thought I was, was completely shattered and turned upside down. And I move across the country. I'm in this new town with no support system and a whole new identity as a single mom with small kids. I'm like, okay, something has got to change. And, and I, I tried a lot of different things, right? So as in the traditional sense, I did the work on myself. I, I had all these like, you know, people in my life, at least back in Chicago where I'm from, give me support. And it's still, I couldn't get out of my own way. Like it was, it, I, it was almost like this cognitive dissonance that was happening in my brain. And I know, I mean, again, I'm going back to the action piece, but this was more of a visual sense. In, I couldn't shift internally until I moved externally. And the moment that that happened was really taking a look in the mirror. I saw before me, it was just one day I woke up and I said, oh my God, what has, have I become? Because I was not wearing this pink shirt. I will tell you that. I was wearing ginormous black clothes. I still had my, my nursing bras on and I wasn't nursing anymore with my flip flops and just disheveled hair. And I was like, Who's going to date me? You know, like, who, who is going to find me lovable? And mm. so I said, the talking therapy's not working. Everybody around me and giving me advice, still not working. Heck with it. I'm going shopping. Because nothing fits. That's what it, this is where it all started, like shopping therapy. So I go to the store, talk about, like, recreating patterns. I think I'm up-leveling myself. No, in the store, I am pulling all the same black clothes that I am used to and comfy in. And I'm thinking, oh, well, they're new clothes. You know, I'm doing something new for myself. And it actually took this personal shopper that really changed my life. She came up to me and she says, ma'am, I've been watching you and I really think you should try this on. And she holds up a red dress that looked like really small and I'm I said, that is really sweet of you, but that's not my size, and it's really red. It's not my color. She said, honey, that is your color. That is your size. Try it on. Boom. <laughs> you know, mic drop. It's like she hit me over the head with that red dress. And when I came to this where my red dress moment comes in, I'm like, you know what? She's right. I need to see myself differently. And so I slipped in. The dress, I twirled around like Cinderella and I looked in the mirror and I was like, whoa, there I am. I'm a princess. Like I couldn't believe what I saw. And again, it was that self-reflection in a visual sense that really shook me. So I bought the dress, I kid you not, almost as a costume because I still don't believe it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to practice wearing. So I went out in the world practice wearing the red dress. I went to the grocery store and I went to the bookstore in it. I went everywhere in it. And here's the kicker. And what I realized is that all the black clothes that I was wearing before was really a cloak to keep me invisible from you alien because I was friggin' scared. And I was scared of being seen. That, that is what really like shook me. Like someone's going to really see me. And I'm not just talking outside. I'm talking inside. Yeah. I don't know. I had to get used to being seen. And it started with that red dress. And that's kind of like where my business was born. And I used to work from the inside out before that. And I now I flip the script and I work from the outside in because I believe that how we put ourselves out, how we market ourselves has a correlation, you know, in a symbiotic relationship between our confidence of the outer and the inner. And honestly, uh, and I know that sounds like, oh, my God, the red dress did it for you. It really did it. And I see it with my clients, too, you know, as they come into their own. But 
Yeah. No, I mean, that. I, I don't, I don't think that there's anything ridiculous in that. Like it's bringing up this, I have this, this photo buried deep, deep, deep into uh Facebook, you know, cause I remember when we used to put everything on Facebook. And so yeah. this photo has got to be, it has to be 15 years old. And I'm, I'm with a girl um, who at the time we were in a relationship, but she didn't know I was actually in a relationship with two other women. Um, I was, it was very volatile emotionally, um, never physically, but always very, might as well have been at that point. You know what I mean? And right. we're there with a couple of friends. We're on the, we're in Cincinnati. We had just come back from at the amusement park where I actually couldn't get on one of the rides because I was too fat. And we're standing on the side of um, this, uh, this bridge in Cincinnati. We take this group photo. I'm wearing this white polo and these shorts. And this polo was size 4XL and these shorts were size 47. And I remember in that moment, like looking at that picture later on, after I got posted and tagged on Facebook, Jesus Christ, and being like, what are you doing for yourself? And it was because, like you said, this outside appearance, like I was, I was wearing these clothes that were, honestly, they were a little bit too big for me. They weren't even my style to begin with, but it was like, that's what she liked. That's what she wanted. So I would do that because I was a massive people pleaser because that equals safety, right? When I'm a kid and, and I'm looking at this photo, I'm realizing that's not who I am, right? And you talk about this idea of costume and working outside in, like, I think there's a parallel. Right. You go look at me on stage. A lot of times I'm wearing a black T-shirt. I'm wearing my leather jacket. Like being on stage for me, I'm like a rock star. Like that is my world. I love it. That's where I come out into my fullest sense of self. And and so much of the journey, I believe, is doing the external work, too. And people don't talk about it that much. But I, but I think there's validity in this. Like if you are disheveled. I'm going to call it what it is because I've been there and this is not casting judgment because he, he without sin. Right. And so I look at my life in this period of time when I was in the worst dating environments where I'm, I'm doing whatever it takes to have sex with people because I have zero confidence, which we're going to get into. I'm, I'm doing all these things to destroy my life. And how do I look? Well, I'm morbidly obese. I'm chain smoking. I know I smell like because I'm smoking every day. I'm eating terrible food. I'm wearing all these clothes. I'm like, okay, hold on. Pause, dude. Why don't you go to the gym? Eat healthy buy the clothes that you like, hang out with the people you want to hang out with, watch the movies and read the books you want to watch and read, show up in the way that you want to show up. And, and Kimmy, it's, it's ownership. Like ultimately that's what it is. Like that dress for you, that became a catalyst, right? I mean, that's an easy, you know, that sparks the flame, right? And for me, it was that photo because I, I was so disgusted with myself which might've been, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm curious. And I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. If you do something with it, I was disgusted with myself when I looked in that photo. What, when you looked in that mirror, and I think this is important, what was the emotion that you had about who you were? Oh, I love that question. Cause I, I think the feeling part is so important. Um, and to really like Feeling that only, especially if you're a people pleaser, like you were saying, and, and, and certainly I fell in that category too. Anyone in the helping industry, I think to some level, you know, we have a propensity towards that. Um, that when we kind of pull in and feel into how we feel that we can express that, that's when we also are able to get closer to people, right? So it's like all kind of connected. And for me, when I looked in the mirror, um, I was shocked. Right. It was like that, like almost like because I was in a fog, like I didn't even see myself and how I mm -hmm. let myself go. Like um, a little bit um, angry. I remember feeling angry at myself, too. Like, how did I how did I let myself get here? You know, and and here's the kicker. Before this, I considered myself a pretty confident woman. You know, I, mm -hmm. I, I thought I was a cat's me. I had my life together. I practiced as a therapist. I had the picket fence, the dog, the kids, you know, and everything was going on as planned. And when, you know, when your life is turned upside down and, and the, you know, everything just stops, it's like, oh, my God, who am I now? And so when when especially with divorce or a bad breakup or any kind of trauma, 
it can throw your confidence upside down and who you think you were. So it, that's also a beautiful time to reinvent yourself as well. So those feelings I had, like that fear and the shock was the impetus also into getting me to the store. I'm like, I, I, I can't look at myself like this anymore. Yeah, that's, I don't, I hate to use the word rock bottom in this, but I mean, it was probably to some extent, right? And, and I, I think that the, the breakups that we have that are devastating, right? We, we have marriage and if you grew up in America in the right time and you watch the right movies, marriage is everything. Get married, have the kids, get the white picket fence, and then you'll okay. be good. And then it doesn't work. And, and for me, it wasn't, it wasn't. And has never really been marriage. I could care less, to be honest with you. But it's about the emotional connection and commitment that I've had to someone. And a few years ago, I, I broke up with, with someone who, even to this day, I love dearly. And she's an amazing, amazing human being. And it destroyed my confidence, right? We had a, we had a lot of tumultuous things happening between us. I, I spoke a lot of my truth. She spoke a lot of hers. We, despite our best efforts and intentions, could not meet each other where we needed to be met. We ended. And then I was like, I feel like I got hit by a car. And, and, it, was, and it was rough. Coaching was rough. Having this podcast was rough. Speaking on stages was rough. Like my, my mental health was all over the place. And I was like, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing through this. I'm going to come out the other side. And eventually I have, and I did. And, but what happened, and then you talked about this reinvention. And what happened for me is in this space of, of singledom after being with the person I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with, I actually got a lot of clarity. And one of the things that I realized, and you hear this, and, and I don't know, Kimmy, that people really sit in this until they have this thought personally, because, you know, lead the horse to the water. Uh, but I realized love is just not enough. Like there is no planet that we live on in which you can only have that and everything's going to be fine. And I, and I realized that so many of us settle and I settle. Look, uh, again, I'm not being defam defamatory towards her because I love that woman dearly. But what it was is I realized what I actually wanted were the things that she's never going to be able to give me because that's not who she is. And that's not a bad thing. And I think so often is what happens is we get caught up on the other side of it and we're sitting and we're in it. And we're like, why couldn't they be what I needed? Why weren't they what I was? And it's like, what you actually need to understand is they were never going to be that, but you wanted them to be. Correct. And on top of that, really taking a look at yourself you know, and having responsibility with that too. Um, along those lines, I'm, I'll never forget a woman called me up and she's like, Kimmy, find me a soulmate. And I said, okay, um, I definitely can help you with that, but there might be some things to do off the way to order from together. I hear the kicker is that she just had a bad string of relationships. Nothing ever worked. All there are is like, you know, guys out there, blah, blah. And I said, look, I believe you that all you're saying, guys, I, I believe you. I absolutely, 100%. I said, and we can't change those guys, sadly. But what we can do is take a look at you and what we can do like together or for you to do differently to get a different result. It's kind of like what we were saying before. And here's the even deeper thing that came out of it was that she never really loved herself. She never really knew who she was. She was always defining herself with these relationships. So, right. And so her journey was really falling in love with herself. Now, I didn't tell her that, but at the end, as we were going through the process together, and of course I did, you know, the makeover stuff and we're working with her flirting techniques and disrupting patterns in relationships and dating up a storm and just being happy with herself. In the end, guess what happened? She found her soulmate. And she's so happy and she's so excited. And we had our last call and she's like, Kimmy, I'm so excited. And I said, that's awesome. What are you excited about? She's like, well, oddly enough, it's not even because I found my soulmate or this guy. I said, really? What are you happy about? And well, for the first time, 
I'm happy about me and I mm. love me. And I, I like, I just, I still get chills when I talk about it. And we both were almost like tearing up on the phone. And she's like, I don't think I've ever felt this way. And again, like we are all mirrors. We are reflections. You know, like if you're not happy with who you're with, you got to take a look at what you're putting out there, you know? And so what you're saying is so true. And like, we all have to take responsibility for that. The common denominator in every success and failure in your life is you. 100%. People don't want to hear it, but it's true. I didn't want to hear it either. These relationships don't work. It's their fault. This, this business I started doesn't work. It's my customer's fault. All like my health is bad. It's my genetics, right? There's always a, an excuse to be made. Mm -hmm. and, and, and when I decided to step into, and look, excuses are valid. Let's call it what it is. I'm not going to take that away from people. They're valid. But at some point you have to realize like it's you, like it is you. And, and that for me became really transformational. And I understood something really, really deep one time, one day as I was like thinking about and, and literally charting out the person I wanna be with top to bottom. I said to myself, be the person this person would be attracted to. Yeah. And, like that, that. and that became a really interesting cornerstone in my life. Cause it's like people want, I don't believe in dating up or dating down. People are like, oh, they're out of my league. I'm like, no, no, they're, out of, they're not out of your league. You just ain't in the ball game, right? And so it's like, that, that's the thing I'm always thinking about is like, what does it actually take to be in the relationship that you wanna be in? And it takes you, it takes you because this person, it's going to take them. And then you'll meet in the middle if the stars align and it's supposed to be right. But otherwise it's not. And I, I love Dan Savage tremendously. And, and he always says every relationship you have is going to fail until it doesn't. And, and I think that that's a really interesting point, but I always want to add a little bit to that. It's like, but you will learn from that. You will grow yeah. from that. And so I'm curious, as you, as you were in this red dress moment, you're looking at your life, you're reflecting, you're like, I'm going to do this external work. Something about this feels valid and makes sense to me. I assume your confidence was pretty low at the time. And so yeah. I'm, I'm wondering what that journey was for you. Because relationships, you know this in your field, probably more than anything, relationships destroy people. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering, A, where you were and how you rebuilt your confidence and then b why do relationships destroy people's confidence yeah Ooh. wow those are big questions do we how much time do we have <laughs> like i have so many as, stories I want to as, as, as long as you need to answer the question yeah oh my gosh okay because there were you know i have when i look back on, on the life i don't know if you find this i i always think in metaphors and movies, it was almost as if I was Dorothy, you know, hopping down the yellow brick road with my basket. And with each experience and each relationship, I would put a tool in my little basket and I keep skipping. And I, I suppose we're all looking for Oz. Well, you know, as well as I do, there really is Oz. So like, what, what is that really? But what we can do is look at where we are right now and what, what it is, what we want. And when I was skipping down my yellow brick road, um, after I had the red dress moment and realizing I was really scared to wear that friggin' dress, um, I, it was the domino effect. So it started with just getting used to being seen. And then I had to learn how to put myself out there and talk to the aliens. I'm like, great. So now I'm getting the attention. I called you men alien. I'm like, that's great. But now what the do I do with you? Like, I don't even know. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I couldn't talk to you. I didn't know how to flirt. So flirting is actually a big part of my business. I do flirt workshops. I, 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 I believe that this is one of the first things that people need to be comfortable in. And, and for my journey, I realized that, um, yeah, I could, I could talk to people. I could be friendly, but raising sexual tension and being like in my sexy confidence. So that's another category of confidence. By the way, there are like different categories of confidence too. And we can get into that. But that was crucial in, in terms of just that first stage of attraction. Like, how am I supposed to get a date if I can't even be comfortable with my body and my sex appeal and all of that jazz? Right. And so then I had to learn how to flirt. And so what did I do? I had to go practice it. I mean, that started out with my first friend, Laura. Laura, if you're out there, hi, I miss you. Um, she, she was another single mom 
who was like, like willing and ready and able to go flirt with me. And um, I did not know what the heck I was doing. And, and I knew I was in trouble when she rang the doorbell and she was just drop dead gorgeous. She had long blonde hair and she had, you know, like her tight jeans on and a nice shirt. And, and I went to hug her and she smelled like vanilla and I'm like glancing in the mirror and I'm like, okay, I don't look like that. I, I went back to my black clothes. I forgot about my red dress, you know, and I did not smell like vanilla. I remember like running into the bathroom, putting like Febreze on or something. I'm like, okay, I got to do something. I'm going to like <laughs> look apart. And so like a nerd, I literally was just like following her around like a puppy dog. And I remember because we in California, there's a place like the valley where it's more suburban. And she drove from the dark suburbs into the sparkly lights of the city of Santa Monica. I'm like, there's life after, after dark. And so we stop at this bar and this was lesson number one. I see this long line. I'm like, Laura, I cannot, I, I literally cannot stand in that line. I'm too old for this. My babysitter is only here for a certain amount. Of, she's like, <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? She's like, just follow me. And so she gets out of the car and she like, you know, does her little clank, clank, clank in her heels. And she goes to the front of the line. She whispers something to the bouncer and we get whisked in. So I'm like, okay, wow. I don't know. And I still don't know what she said, but somehow we're in the bar with a bunch of aliens. And now I'm like, now there's so many aliens in one por portal. What do I, what do I do? So I took a lot of notes that night. And one thing that happened is that we sat in the, in the bar and she's like, watch this. And she showed me the power of body language. So I wasn't comfortable in my body, right? So I had to get comfortable in the red dress. Now I have to work on my body language. And she did something called the three second rule. Do you know what that is? Have you ever heard of that? No, tell me. Yeah. Is this a too long of a story? I, it's just, I don't know. Oh, okay. Because this is this is another pivotal moment. I'm told, telling you all these like little stories that happen. And so there was this cute guy across the way and she did the three second rule where she looked at him and then she looked away and then she it was like one, two, three. I didn't make this up, by the way. Like this is out there and research. Like you can like read about the three seconds. Um, but I kid you not. In 30 seconds, he was right there next to us. I'm like, how did you do that? You know, and so the big lesson in that, in that moment was that there's more than the red dress. It's being comfortable in my skin. It's being comfortable in my body. It's being comfortable with men really embracing that side of me. And I, I had to stay there for a while. I had to swim in it. You know, this wasn't like, this was new for me because I didn't have a lot of dating experience either. And I'm a single mom, you know? So again, me redefining myself, that kind of reinvention was starting to happen. And then from there, of course, I have a lot of other stories, but then, you know, going out and practicing flirting, then I got more and I called them my sex in the city gals. And we would go every single week and practice flirting in different venues until I got super comfortable with it. And now I teach it. Right. And so, when you talk about, you know, it's so true. You can fall victim to something or you can lean into it and it be your gift. And I almost fell victim to it, but I decided to, in the fork in the road, pivot, turn and go the other path. And, and I think that's why I'm so passionate about doing what I do. So all of these stories, all of these experiences and practice kind of like opportunities is what led me here today. Yeah. I, I love, and the stories aren't too long. I love it. I love good stories. It, it was making me, I had two thoughts as you were going through that. One is thinking about how, like, was it Laura? Is that your friend's name? Laura, Laura, Laura. Yes. Everybody needs a Laura because that's yep. your Yoda. You mm -hmm. need somebody to be like, Hey, let me just show you. It's fine. And, and, and that applies. Cause look, if you can learn how to talk to people you are attracted to and be rejected, which I'm sure you were a million times. You, yep. you get confidence because you realize rejection isn't the end of the world. And, and I think more so what happens is in that confidence building, you become a better communicator. You become better at your business. You become better at having friendships and relationships. You, you are able to better be resilient when you have a, a obstacles in your way. And, and more so, and I think probably one of the things that people really don't understand about the power of rejection 
is that you realize that it ain't the end of the world. Right. And, and so I, I'm glad that you went, I'm glad you suffer because there is something about, and the definition of suffering means to be uncomfortable or experience discomfort. I'm glad you went through that because you wouldn't be where you are without it. And, and the second thing, <laughs> this is such a ridiculous story. So my 21st birthday, um, my, my friend Andy takes me out and he's, he takes us to the best bar in Indianapolis. So I'm, I'm in Broad Ripple, Indianapolis. I won't say the bar, but we're there. And I'd never been in a bar like this before. I snuck into some, snuck into some bars as a kid, but I'd never been in a club where like you got gorgeous women and like all these do. It was just like sensory overload. And there was this gorgeous girl and he's like, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, I want to, I literally go, dude, I want to go. He goes, why? I go, because I don't feel comfortable in here. He goes, why? I go, because that girl over there looked at me and I made me feel weird. I like literally have this conversation. I have no confidence at 21, right? And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. This audience knows about it. And so he looks at me and goes, go talk to her. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. I go, are you high? I literally go, are you high? I'm not talking to her. And he goes, why not? He goes, there's, I, I will never forget this till the day I die. He goes, I go, can't talk to her. She'll, she'll never be interested in me. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, shut up and listen to what I'm about to say. Kimmy, I swear, if I track the dots of very specific successes in my life, it's to this moment and what Andy told me, he goes, I'll teach you a trick to be able to talk to anyone at any time anywhere ever for the rest of your life and i go and he goes no i'll teach you a trick right now he goes you want to go talk to them i cannot believe i'm about to tell this story he goes if you want if you want the trick to talk to the most beautiful person in the world you have to remember that they're just humans and half an hour ago they took the worst burrito of their life Well, I, I don't know if that would work for women, but certainly for men. I love that. But, but you get the point, right? Because yeah. we, we humanize. And, and what happens when, yeah. we're in, when we're in these human connections is we're like, we think people are somehow, to your point, which you, the word you use, aliens, like we can't connect with them. They're so far out left field. We, we don't know how to do it. And it's like, no, no, no. They're going through the same shit we are. They're having the same dramas. They're having the same successes and victories and failures and defeats. And it's like when you can be comfortable with that, knowing that they are on the same plane as you, you can talk to anyone. And that's how I've been able to speak on stages in front of 10,000 people or do podcasts like this, because it's like you're human. You're human. There's nothing about you that's different than me at all. Right. And you probably ate a burrito recently and had a bad time. And so stay on air. As a lady, I would never disclose that. I, res- um, I respect I respect that entirely. <laughs> but my, my point is these experiences that shape us, we always need that person. We always need that person just to whisper that thing in our ear and go, hey, Kimmy, it's okay that you just didn't have a great experience with that guy or with that girl or with that business or with that thing because you go, yeah, I get it. You know, we are our own worst enemies every single time, right? Like, we always think it's like breaking news in our head. Like, oh, my God, I can't do that. You know, it's like this huge thing. And in reality, no one gives a sorry for I have to swear just because we're getting into it. And and the thing is, is that I, I, I call it the the zit syndrome. You know, when you have like a zit, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, my God, it's awful. Everyone's going to look at it. And it's disgusting. I can't go out. And oh my, and you go out like no one really sees it, except if you make a point of saying, oh, did you see this? I'm so sorry. You know, and so like we, we think so much in our heads. And I think that's probably the biggest culprit that stops people, honestly, is that there's so many people, especially high achievers are in their head and they worry about what other people think and feel rather than just being. And so that is, is part of the work. That's why I love the body experience, the practice experience, because it gets people out of here. Again, we can listen to podcasts and I have a podcast too. Podcasts are great. Keep listening, y'all. However, <laughs> at what point do you get off the couch and start moving and doing some of this stuff, right? And so when you do that, that thing that he made you do, I love it. Like Nick, is that his name? Uh, Andy. 
Oh, Andy, I have it totally wrong. I'm so bad at names. Andy and Laura, we should have like a party for that because they were like our heroes, you know, that yeah. led us somewhere. Totally. And you know what happened after you told me that? Because you, you need the, the push, right? Y'all, I think you do need that. I went up and I talked to her and nothing happened. She was just like, hey, my boyfriend's over there. I was like, oh, figures, right? Like not the end of the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that, but that carried a lot of weight for me. And I think that subjective, it's, it's really CBT. If you really narrow it down, it's like, go put yourself in the, com- in the situation you're scared of and watch you not die. Right. 100%. Yeah. You'll be fine. And, and I think that that's the thing. Like I push people on this show a lot to take action, to take massive action. And Kimmy, you know, as well as I do, and this is, this is devastating to me, 94. 7.3% of people listening to this will never do anything to change their life in, in the capacity of which it could be potentially because they're scared. And, and the moniker that has been able to be a cornerstone for me is do it anyway. Do it. I'm scared all the time. It's crazy. It is so crazy how sometimes I'm terrified to do something. And then I'm like, just do it. Because here's the truth. And you know, you're going to die. You're going to die. So you might as well do it. because. Worst case scenario, you learn something. Best case scenario, you get exactly what you were looking for. Well, in fact, the only time you really shift and change is when you move towards the fear and the discomfort, as we were talking about before, because otherwise you're just staying the same. Anytime you're getting comfy, oh my God, get uncomfortable. Go towards something that is fearful because that is, is what is going to move the needle. And that's how we grow. That's the, unless you don't want to. Unless you're really awesome staying where you are, then stay where you are. Most people, you know, like when they're unhappy, they're not happy where they are. So I love that whole notion of, of fear. And you know what's interesting, too, is um, I, I have a, a group that I w- I've been working with. It's a, d- a dating um, group. And they uh, we did a whole workshop on dating fears. And, you know, the fears that go on in our head, again, are so much bigger in and like say it's a fear of rejection so when you ask yourself and what's so scary about that and you keep asking yourself and what's so scary about that it gets to the point of ridiculousness because in the end there really isn't anything scary <laughs> you know and it's peeling away the the layers and or the onions so to speak and so if you're scared about approaching a woman well what's so scary about that well she'll reject me she won't she'll say no and what's so scary about a, a woman that says no to you well, then I, I, I put myself out there and then she doesn't like me. Well, what's what's so scary about someone not liking you? You know, like keep asking yourself that question because the core is there and it really isn't the woman. Right. Like it, it's rooted in something else. Yeah. Ninety nine percent. Exactly. And what you will find is it's when you were seven years old and you went up to little Stacy in elementary school and you tried to give her a cupcake and she put it in your face that it forever destroyed your relationship and all women saw it. Right. And so (laughs) that's what it is. Like, I don't, there's a a Stacy who did this. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know you, but like, but that's the point. There's always causation and correlation, everything that happens in our lives. And, and you have to, I have had, I have found that the only way anything positive has come in my life is by doing the exact thing that terrifies me. I just don't know how else to operate anymore. And, and it's learned, right? Because think about this. The first time you put on that red dress, you were scared. And you're like, Im- imposter syndrome, right? I don't even need you to say it because I know it because we all have that. And then you're in it. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to challenge myself even more. And even though people think I'm crazy and it's three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to wear this thing to the grocery store, like whatever. Right. And, and that's how it's been for me. I'm like, people think I'm crazy all the time. And I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Nothing. And so let me go and step into my fears, my discomfort and see what happens on the backside. Cause at the end of the day, it's probably not as bad as you think it's going to be. Yeah. And here's the kicker when you really like, learn to embrace the rejection and all the fears that's when it does turn into the superpower and the gift and so cut to from that moment of the red dress um a couple months ago i just went on stage on tedx and told my story in a red dress in the right moment Mm -hmm. and like i was petrified Mm -hmm. you know i was really scared 
because I'm like, I speak a lot and I, I have no problem, but there was something about TEDx, dun, 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 and being on that yeah. red dot that terrified me. Like so, that? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. TEDx. Right. So, well, yeah, I, 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 I think so. I think you, you, if you, it's all the mindset, like you were saying too, and how you think of things and you can turn, you know, anything into something that's super powerful. Yeah. But like you said, ultimately confidence only comes through action. And, and I believe that tremendously. And my hope is that people will take from me as a couple of anecdotes that I think hit hard for me. One being like, you're not going to die. Obviously we've talked about that Two, Get yourself a Yoda, an Andy, a Laura, right. And, and three, like, go figure out what your red dress is. Go figure out what that, like, for me, it's, it's Jordans and leather jackets, right? And so whatever that is for you to step into your superhero dumb, like go run with it, go do it because clock's ticking. Clock is ticking. Kimmy, my friend, that's been an amazing, amazing conversation. Before I ask you my last question, can you please tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. And thank you so much. This is awesome. Well, pretty much you can find me anywhere on social media at Kimmy Seltzer and it's K-M-M-Y Seltzer, like the water. Um, and my website is also KimmySeltzer.com. And you can go to my podcast, which you are on, Charisma Quotient. Love it. Amazing. And of course, we'll put the links in the show notes at ThinkUnbrokenPodcast.com. Go to ThinkUnbrokenPodcast.com, look up Kimmy's name, and you will find this episode with the links to everything she just dropped on us. My last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Oh, is there such a thing? Can I push back? Like your answer. Yeah, because I don't I don't really think of anything as unbroken because things that are not together are perfect. You know, because that means we get to figure out how to put things together to make it work for us. Love it. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Unbroken Nation, thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. This brought you any value, leave a review because every single time that you do, you're helping other people find this show, which in turn changes their life, which means that you're doing something more than just consuming content. So thank you for being here, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. I'll see ya. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a wait list for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.